0: They say that experience is the best teacher and the best way to learn from experience is to learn from others who have already found success for this season of the guy who knows a guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is
1: not just about money and we'll meet some people who've been successful in very unique ways. Entrepreneurship is an exciting journey, and we're glad to be along for the ride with you. Here's your
0: host, the guy who knows a guy, Michael Whitehouse.
1: Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy himself. And today, our guest is Naresh Visa. He's the founder and CEO of Krish Media and Marketing. A full-service e-commerce technology development, online and digital media and marketing agency and solutions provider. He has worked with CNN Radio, Clear Channel Communications, J.P. Morgan Chase, Everbank, the Institute for Energy Research, Houston Rockets, Houston Astros, the American Junior Golf Association, and many other great businesses. He is the number one best-selling author of Fifty Shades of Marketing: Whip Your Business into Shape and Dominate Your Competition, which may be the best book title I have ever read. Podcastnomics: The the Book of Podcasting to Make You Millions. The New PR: 21st Century Public Relations Strategies Resources to Reach Millions. Trump Book: How Digital Liberals Silence Nation to Making America Hate Again. And the New Book: From Nobody to Best Selling Author: How to Write, Publish, and Market Your Book. He is the co host co host of the Work From Home Show. He has a master's degree from Duke University's. Uh, Fuqua School of Business, and has been featured on USA Today, Yahoo, Bloomberg, MSNBC, Huffington Post, Business Week, MSN Money, Business Insider, India Today, uh, Hindustan Times, and other domestic and international media outlets, including the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. So, Naresh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on. What an introduction. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's why I love being interviewed on podcasts. I feel so good about myself after hearing my bio. I'm like, wow, that guy sounds uh, awesome. I want to meet him. The,
0: Who's that? I, I'm the same way, you know. The, the, life is tough, so it's uh, it's worth it to spend 30 minutes with you so I can feel better about myself. That's good.
1: I'm glad I can make it worthwhile. Uh, so so speaking of, of things that make you feel good, Naresh, what makes you awesome? <laughs> I think
0: the number one thing right now that makes me awesome is being a stay-at-home dad. That's one thing that you didn't say in the bio. Oh, yeah? uh, Yeah, yeah. I I think that is awesome. I think it's really awesome. Never imagined doing it when I was a kid because I didn't know that there was such a thing as stay-at-home dads as a child. But as I got older and older and started working from home and making money from home, much of it passively, I say, you know what? It just makes sense one day to become a stay-at-home dad, and here I am.
1: That that's pretty awesome, yeah. And and of course, you're not the traditional stay-at-home dad because you're running a business while you're staying at home. Obviously, um, how yeah, old are yeah, you? Yeah, and,
0: and I'll also say, I'll also say this. As far as you said, traditional stay-at-home, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I think anyone who's listening to this who is stay-at-home, you're doing the right thing and listening to this because you need to do something, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's a hobby or whether it's starting a business or getting a stay-at-home job or working part-time from home. You, you have to do it because you, there's actually more time on your hands being stay-at-home, and you don't want to whittle away that time. You don't want to waste that time uh, because it could be five to seven years until the kids go to school, and you know, you might have to quote-unquote go back to the office after that, but there are, because of the pandemic and because of work from home, I'm also the host of the work from home show. Yeah. There are ways that you can keep yourself occupied and make money and have fun and enjoy life at the same time.
1: Absolutely. Well, and if you look at the, you know, the traditional, the, the, the stay at home mom from the fifties, she didn't just stay at home and, you know, cook and clean. The traditional mom was on the, was on the PTO or was on, you know, a town board or in a, ran a charity or, you know, there was a lot going on um, that that whole idea of, of the domestic sphere versus the business sphere. The domestic sphere included a lot of things outside the house. It's not just staying at home and, and changing diapers and cooking pot roasts.
0: Absolutely. And, and I should mention that you can still do that even working the, the workforce, the work economy has changed so much to where you can still join the PTO. You can still, you know, Mm -hmm. start the charity, uh, and be a stay at home parent. In my case, I know what I do well, and I know what I don't do well. And I already have a plan. As far as the things I don't, I don't do laundry. Well, I don't cook well. (laughs) So I don't do them. I, I hired someone part time to help me out. So as far as keeping the house clean, and maids, housekeepers, cooks, nanny, landscaping, that's all taken care of. I've just hired people to take care of that. But as uh the kid or kids get older, then I will learn not those, but I will learn cooking because I feel like that's still an important skill and it's actually a lot more fun than I originally thought.
1: It's true. Yeah, I'm I'm not much of a cook, but when I do cook it is it is kind of fun to to make things. And it's good to be able to, you know, at least make a couple of, of good core staple things. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. So you, you mentioned in the bio you sent me that you, you're a millennial who bootstrapped your way to earning six figures a year through marketing and technology. So how did you get started with that? How did your, how did you begin your bootstrapping adventure? Well,
0: I, I, I could give you the direct answer, but I'm not going to give you the direct answer. I'm going to share the journey so it all started way back in 2000, and around 2004, I would say, late 2004, when I went to a high school that offered one business class. That's it, just one business class. <laughs> and, and the class lasted, like I want to say, three weeks. So I said I had an interest in business because it just seemed cool, and no one in my family was a, a business person. I come from a family of engineers and doctors. So I said, you know, let me take this this business class. And it was called The Apprentice. That was based on, at the time, the number one network television, TV, television show, The Apprentice, hosted by mm. the one and only Donald Trump. And I took the class, got my introduction to business. Uh, didn't do well in the class, didn't do well with the tasks and the the business activities that were required, but I learned a lot in the process and said, you know what, I, I think I'd be pretty good at this, and one day when I grow up, I want to be a businessman. So I've always had that, I always had since 2004, so that base set where I said, okay, I'm going to take all these other classes, you know, I'm going to go to college, get my degrees, but I ultimately want to become a businessman. So I did my my, my main interest along with business was journalism, media, reporting, writing. Uh, So I I got a degree in broadcast and digital journalism and got some great experience doing that uh, in on-air radio, television, television. behind the camera as producer, anchor editor. Uh, so, so kind of did it all, which culminated in landing a contract position with CNN radio at the time, which is no longer in existence. It's completely different now, but uh, this was pre financial crisis. Uh, so got great experience there, but again, had, had the mindset of, you know, ultimately I want to start my own business. I want to get into business. so, Got a master's degree. Uh, went to, like you mentioned in the in the introduction, Duke University's Fuqua School of Business. Worked on Wall Street uh, for a huge, large, ultra bracket bank. Worked as an equities analyst, and was able to combine my background in media and journalism with business. Ended up working at one of the largest financial marketing companies in the world, and then that. It was the experience where the light bulb went off, the light switch turned on, and I said, I'm ready to get into business on my own. So when I left that company, I've had, I had a few years of experience under my belt working at these companies, corporations, uh, large, small businesses, medium-sized businesses. So I started Krish Media and Marketing in 2013. So we're going on eight and a half years strong. Mm -hmm. And it's been my bread and butter for probably six of those eight and a half years, maybe seven of those eight and a half years through Krish Media and Marketing. I've met some amazing people, great clients who got me involved in other partnerships and business ventures. And now today, I don't just run Krish Media and Marketing. I also run a real estate investment company called Krish Capital which invests in single family real estate and also coaches individuals on real estate investing. So um, oh, wow. I, I read somewhere that the average millionaire has approximately seven to eight different streams of income, and you could be the rare, rare breed of someone who worked a job. and And I have some friends who did this. You know, they they went to good law schools, they got MBAs. And they worked on Wall Street or some corporate law firm or some Silicon Valley startup that ended up going public or being acquired by Google. You, you can be, you know, the less than 1% who have that background and work as an employee and then just get promoted. And within 10 years, you've made it as, as, a, as a millionaire. Um, I didn't want to go that route because I, I, I'm somewhat anti-corporatist. Uh-huh. I don't like being told what to do. I don't like having a <laughs> job. So I said, uh, I'd rather go the seven streams of passive income way. I don't have seven streams, but I do have uh, several streams of income, but they're all related to each other when it comes to online and digital and real estate.
1: Yeah. And, and it, it sounds like also it's, it's kind of dicey to go that, you know, get a job path. Cause then you're putting your, you're putting your future and your ability to build wealth in the hands of someone who is not uh, whose incentives are not aligned with yours necessarily.
0: Well, you bring up a really, really good point. And when you work a job, you're not just bringing, you're not just giving up your control. I think the number one reason why people go into entrepreneurship is because of the control they have over their life, over their business, over their free time. It's the freedom and the control. But the point is, if you do work a full-time job, I've seen this happen with over 99% of people I know who have full-time jobs. They get complacent in their jobs. And the last Mm -hmm. thing they want to do is improve themselves or to work in their free time. When they're off the clock, they don't want to read a book. They don't want to read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People or learn Mm -hmm. about real estate investing. Their one stream of income is that job. And even when it comes to a 401k plan, which your employer probably has a great 401k plan. They just listen to the, to the advisor. The advisor says, yeah, put it in this mutual fund and you know, you're good to go. And they do that when they could be learning about stock investing, real estate investing. They could be learning about different ways to invest and build wealth and create another stream of income. But like I mentioned It's a job and your mind can only handle so much. So they don't do that. Whereas when you're free and on your own, I spent my first first year in business, I was spending, I would say, three to four hours a day just trying to improve, trying to learn, trying to build up skills, trying to expand my contact base. I was hustling from my condo apartment living room in downtown Baltimore. That's what I Mm -hmm. was doing. And that's what, if you want to
1: succeed, you have to do that. Yep. And and so with your experience, you know, you've been in the corporate world, you've been in the freelance world. Uh, if someone were, say, 18 now, graduating high school, looking at maybe going to college, maybe doing something else, um, what do you think is the the best course of action for for someone at that point in life, the you know, right now in 2021?
0: Yeah, well, a, a couple of things. Number one, I am of the belief that, uh, college is not as absolutely not necessary in order to make money. Some of the wealthiest people I know didn't graduate from college. So if you're looking to make money, mm-hmm. and and money only, college isn't for you. Now, if you are someone who lives in the moment, like me, I'm all about the experience. I'm all about gaining experiences, living, learning. College is a good place for that. It's expensive. Uh, it can be cheaper if you if you play your cards right, but um, college is is a, a great experience. You'll learn a lot, a lot of life lessons, uh, have a lot of great memorable experiences. So you can go to college. But with that being said, there's for some reason, society has place, has made college and money or working mutually exclusive, saying it's either this or it's that. And that's not true at all. When I brought up earlier that I was a contract producer for CNN Radio, That was while I was in college. It's not like I had to drop out of school in order to go work for CNN. And that's Mm. an important takeaway that you need to know as an 18-year-old. It's you can learn the investing. You can learn the real estate. You can learn the online marketing. You can do all this in college, and you have resources in front of you in college, free resources that are there to help you out. So my advice to an 18 year old right now, who's listening is go to college. If, if, if money's an issue, find ways that you can get your college paid for either at the local public university or um, some, some scholarships. And while you're in college, do these other things while you're in college. So you're not just in college, going to class, partying, drinking beers, and then you graduate in four years, and you have no network, no skills, and you find yourself, hey, what's what's next in life? You don't want to, you don't want to end up in l- like that. You want to graduate college and go straight to that corporation, or go straight to working on that business full time. So that's so, so, that's what my advice would be. Yeah.
1: So go so go to college, but but the goal is to build a network and build actionable skills, whether they hand them to you in the in the course process or not. Absolutely. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And that's, 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 I think a lot of people, they, um, they don't take full advantage of everything college has to offer because they assume they'll be told everything they need to do. Probably because they went through 12 year, or 18 years of life being told what to do. And they get to college and they're like, oh, I guess you gotta tell me what to do as well. Okay. I'll just do what you tell me. Well, and I'll, I'll also say when it's too late.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll also say with, with college, it's it's something socially um, that that's somewhat required. It's only going to help you to have a college degree on your resume, and, and I know it sounds mm-hmm. terrible, but uh, socially, emotionally, you'll probably find yourself in a more favorable favorable position because you have that college degree, because you got that that experience. So I wouldn't say, Hey, just drop out of college or get your high school diploma and don't go to college. My, my entire philosophy is just do, do both, do, do everything.
1: Hmm. I like that. Um, so, so let's say someone's a little bit further along, uh, cause I, I don't know how many 18 year olds listen to the podcast. I mean, hopefully lots of them and they're learning a lot, but in real life, uh, <laughs> I think probably more of the people who will be listening would be, maybe they've, they've gone through college. They got a degree. They didn't get a degree. They're working jobs that are unsatisfying. Um, they haven't built up a lot of assets or, or skills, um, and and they realize that that the old uh, work thirty five years and get the gold watch isn't going to happen for them. Um, so, for someone in in, in that position, uh, what advice would you give them?
0: Well, the first thing I think, re- regardless of your age, and of course, the earlier the better, but get started now. If you, if, if you want to write that book, if you want to start a business do it now do it today don't wait too many people say oh yeah i've got this book in my mind and someday i'm going to write it never happens never happens mm-hmm. say oh yeah you know i work that corporate job and someday i'm going to start something so i have more freedom never happens you have to start it now and you can't make excuses you can't say oh you know i've got kids to take care of at home once they go off to college and i have more free time then i'll do it it's not going to happen <laughs> so the the only time is now not Tomorrow, not next year, not when your kids go off to college. It's now, today.
1: Mm. Yeah, I love that. that. that's that's a huge thing. Yeah, and you're right. There's so many. There's always an excuse. There's always a reason not to do it. But absolutely, you're not it there's always it. a reason
0: not to do it, and don't make those excuses. That's one of the worst things you could do to to yourself. You you want to move mm. forward. You want to move forward in life. You don't want we weren't meant to be trees. We weren't meant to yes. be plants that just sit in one place and never move mentally or physically. We weren't meant
1: to do that. That's why we're humans, not plants. So mm-hmm. don't be a plant. I like it. Um, so I noticed one of your books is called uh, podcastomics, the book of podcasting to make you millions. And as a podcaster who has not yet made millions, I am interested to, to learn your thoughts on podcasting and, and, uh, what it, you know, what it can do for us and, um, how to make millions. Yeah. Well, a couple of things.
0: Number one, uh, the, the title of the book, where did it come from? The forward of the book was written by a, a client of ours named Jason Hartman, who has made not just millions. He's made over $10 million off his oh, podcasting. Wow. And the easy answer to how he did that is he had a real estate business and he used a podcast to bring in leads and he was able to sell real estate to those leads through the podcast. And over a 15-year period or so, he's made over $10 million. So on top of that, I, Krish Media Marketing, when it got started, the first service we offered was podcast production. So Mm -hmm. um, where did that come from? I told you I worked in AM, FM, Terrestrial Radio, CNN Radio. And then I worked at one of the largest financial marketing companies in the world, started and launched ran their online radio network, which became a podcasting division. This was before people even knew what a podcast was. And we were doing over $100,000, six figures in annual revenue through advertising, through like the previous client I told you about, uh, serving as a, a leader that would sell existing products to their existing customers or to new leads and through premium content. So those are the three primary revenue drivers. And so that's where the millions in my book, uh, Podcastonomics, that, that's where they come from, uh, these ideas. And so the book is a primer on podcasting from soup to nuts, from what is a podcast, what's the history of podcasting, how to start a podcast, technology required to production, marketing, and
1: monetization of a podcast. So, so the the main way is by having a secondary, well, not secondary, but uh, having a, a different monetization path, and then using podcast kind of as the the tool to connect with people, to then execute. That's that, one of the monetizations.
0: That you're saying. That, yeah. Okay, that's one of the ways, and that's um, the way that I recommend them the most over the advertising okay. over the premium content.
1: So, so I, as opposed to the get a million listeners and. Um, and well, know, that sell ads for a million dollars. Yep, but yeah, uh, I, that, I feel that, like that—that's sort of in the—that's sort of in the like my my strategy is to go to Hollywood and get into big movies. That you know, yeah, one out of exactly. a million people will do that, but it, it can't it, be your again, can't, can't it, be your core strategy.
0: Well, again, it should be it should be a part of your strategy. Making a million dollars, or sorry, uh, getting getting a million listeners that that's a great goal to have, and don't lose sight of it. Just like I said, you know, <clears throat> it's not college or work. You can do them both. You can still try to get a million listeners, but like you said, the chances of that happening are slim to none. So yep. uh, it's important to understand the big picture.
1: Yeah, well, and, and that's one of the one of the things I found with this podcast is that that when I launched the third season, I I realized uh, I, I attended this event called Strategic Alliance Live and came in contact with a lot of successful entrepreneurs, and I said they're all doing something, and I bet they've got something in common. I wonder what it is. Ooh. I've got a podcast. I should interview as many of them as I can find and find out what it is and ask them how they did it and learn some stuff and share it with other people too. So, you know, it's been very valuable in that way to just the education of getting to talk to, um, talk to other people. And and many of them, if I called them up and said, Hey, could I, you know, get your advice would probably do it. But if I say, can I get you on a podcast? They'd be like, yeah, of course I'll go on a podcast and tell my story and why I'm awesome. Um, so yeah, it's a really, really powerful thing to be able to have the conversations.
0: Oh, it's it's awesome, and I I told
1: you I run my own podcast called the Work From Home Show,
0: and I mm-hmm. love it because I get to talk to really cool, awesome people that I would never be able to talk to. We're talking well-known politicians, well, I don't want to say A-list business people, but uh, people who are known in in business, best-selling mm-hmm. New York Times best-selling authors. It's, it's just awesome to be able to do this because otherwise they would charge you hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars an hour for their time.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that is one of the, the amazing things of the podcast is people who, you know, if you were to call them up and say, hey, can we talk for half an hour? Nah, no, nah, I don't have time for that. Or you got to pay me. Hey, you want to come to my podcast for half an hour? Totally. I'm there. What time? And and people <laughs> exactly are happy to right. do it. Yeah. Yep. It, well, it, it's and weird interesting thing I found too. Works. Yeah. And the great thing I found too is, is that, um, you know, so I, I'll admit now that we're mostly on the interview. So I do not have millions of listeners. Sorry if you're disappointed. Um, but I have made connections through the podcast and I'll connect people I've talked to, to other people I've talked to through the podcast, um, to very much, you know, make it worth people's while to, to connect. And it's a, it's a really powerful networking tool.
0: It is a really, really powerful networking tool. It's, so a book. I don't know if you have a book, but a book is like the modern day business card. It's a way, you know, walking around with a business card is is really pointless these days. Only these mm-hmm. corporate guys who think that they're accomplishing a lot do that. You have a book, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. wow, like he's got a book. He's an expert in this field, and you can people can read the book and find out more about the author and their expertise. Well, yeah. a podcast is another form of of a business card. It's Hey, you want to learn more about me? You want to know if you should hire my business or buy my product? Check out my book and check out my podcast at this website or on Apple, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and people can find out more.
1: Yep. Yeah, I I do have, I have one book. Um, Yeah. And and you're totally right that if someone, if someone, especially they're in the the, uh, brain working business, if they don't have a book, you're like, are you even in business? Do you, like, you don't know enough to fill 70 pages because you must know something. Put it in a book. Let us know who you are. I, I think people expect well, to be able to go, you know go deeper into.
0: It's one of my What's pet that? peeves, and it's now it's now a requirement. If if I let's say go for a doctor's appointment, and the doctor is not able to have a conversation about why he's putting me on some med, he or she's putting on me on some med, or why they recommend this treatment plan, if, not, if they're not able to communicate a coherent. Uh, idea or a message and on top of that if they're not able to even speak at length and answer my questions then I'm like do you even know what you're talking about do you even know it are you just blindly Uh you know throwing something on a dartboard Uh, it's the same thing with with any profession any business person if you're not able to speak in depth uh, or write in depth or just know enough in depth to where you can write let's say a short ebook a 40 page ebook then it's, mm-hmm. what do you know? You know, wh- why should I trust you? What, what makes you qualified outside of some degree that you have?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, when, when I, when I first wrote my book, so my, my book, the guy who knows the guy, which is where the whole, the name of the podcast and everything else came from. Uh, it was really to elevate myself because the time I was working as a salesman selling printing for a local printing company. And I had all this knowledge of where I'd worked with so many different businesses, but people only saw me as a salesman. I'm like, if I publish a book, the title of author will supersede the title of salesman. Um, uh, ironically, by the time I finished the book, I'd gotten a better job and had a better title. But <laughs> but anyway, I was using it to to elevate myself because once you've written a book, you're an author and people look at you differently. And even if uh, they don't read the book, they, uh, they, there's actually a line in my book where I say, this book could say I'm a baked potato 100,000 times and you'd still call me an author. Because, you know, there's, there's authors and there's non-authors and people that, that heuristic, uh, similar to what we're saying with the podcast, that, that people are like, oh, you have media. You must be, you must be something. You must be worth talking to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That look, that's a case where perception, perception is reality that, and, and, and it's not just Mm -hmm. in business where you can help you out. It can help you out socially. It can help you in my case with my wife, for example. Before we even went on our first date, she just looked me up online and saw. Okay, he does all these different podcasts and he's got these books out, and she was able to vet me before that 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 first date to the point where she said, "Hey, why don't you just pick me up from my place? Here's my address." Um, it could take mm-hmm. it could take somebody months, if not years, to figure out somebody, but that was already pre-qualified because of online and digital marketing, the podcasting, the books, and the internet.
1: Yep. That does make a lot of sense. Um, so, you know, we speaking of online digital marketing, um, the, obviously the economy is changing quite a bit. Uh, we talked about how the traditional get a job and retire with the gold watch isn't, isn't really a thing. Um, so, you know, so, so what do you see coming for, for individuals? Um, maybe, you know, if they're not able to build up build to the, the larger businesses, but you know, for, for individuals in general, workers and freelancers and whatnot, what, what do you see coming in the next 5, 10, 20 years with technology and shifts in the economy?
0: Well, we've seen the the pandemic has exacerbated, accelerated the digital economy and the remote work environment. So we, we've seen that in, in my book, 50 Shades of Marketing. I predicted this. I didn't predict a pandemic, but I predicted that the next recession that the U.S. would go through The result would be more independent contractors, more freelancers, more people working from home, more outsourcing um, through technology. So not just hiring people within the United States, but hiring people overseas. All that has happened or since March 2020. And it's been, it it happened, let's just say proverbially overnight. So my prediction is this Mm -hmm. is going to continue. People are realizing, like I brought up earlier, hey, I can work from home and I can start a business from home. It's now easier than ever to start a business. It's easier than ever to conduct business. The the economy is at your fingertips. So what does this mean to the people listening? Look, get started today. Go ahead, get started today. Um, You'll be fine. There are lots of ways that you can make money. And we're in a labor shortage right now. There are 11 million unfilled jobs in the United States. Pretty much every industry, every company, uh, most companies are hiring. So you always have that option. And as the theme mm-hmm. in this interview is just do it all. If you need to work that full-time job and do something at home in your free time that's more passive, go ahead, do it, run with it.
1: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I love that concept of doing both. And I, I think some people have this very you know, scarcity mentality of, oh my God, the robots are taking the jobs and they're outsourcing the jobs or losing all the jobs. And and they see everything that's going, and they don't see everything that's coming. They don't they see what's lost, but they don't see what's gained. Um, and so, so yeah, you know, are, are there specific recommendations to have for someone to make sure they're not not someone left behind, and they can actually make the most of the changes happening?
0: You have to stay up to date. You have to. They're probably the two most important skills. Are number well. Two important facets are number one, skills. So make sure that your skills are sharp. You're trying to learn. You're able to to actually do stuff. Skills are today's currency. And number two mm-hmm. is value creation. So when you can build up skills, or even if you don't have the skills, if you can provide value, whether it's through ideation, whether it's through connections, networks, whatever it might be, uh, that's incredibly, incredibly valuable. So number one, builder skill set. Number two, find ways to create value. And then number three is ideas. If you're an idea machine, if you're somebody who can think on the spot, who can come on a show like this and hold a conversation and answer any question that's thrown at you, build up your idea muscle. And the way you can do that is by just thinking of ideas every day. And after many, many years, you will become an idea machine. That, that ends up being one of the big skill sets that you can develop and it's very valuable for clients, for customers, for businesses. So those would be my three pieces of, of, of advice that I'd give to your listeners. It's skills, value creation and ideas.
1: I, I love that. Those are great, and especially the, the skill side. So it's something that, that always kind of bugs me when I hear is that people say, Oh, I'm not good with technology. Um, and, and I, I, I feel like they're, they're holding themselves back. But what's your thought when you, whenever you hear someone say, oh, I'm not good with technology, I'm not good with the computers? They're
0: already shutting themselves off. They're already saying, I don't want to do this, and I'm just going to give up. Anyone can become good at anything. It's not like you're born being anti-technology. You just haven't tried it. That Many people just say things like that without even trying it. And this is not simple stuff. If if people, you know, it's funny, people who are constantly on their iPhones and they're texting and they're on Facebook and doing all these things. And then they say, oh, you know, I'm not good at technology. It's just a laziness mentality.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that's it's a good way to put it. Um, so, so it's kind of a, it's a self-limiting belief, you'd say.
0: Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. It's a, a big time self-limiting belief. And it's not just about technology. Anytime you say, I can't start a business, I can't do this, I can't do that, then you're self-limiting yourself. And you are just, you, what you're doing is you are uh, affirming exactly what you said. Well, you said you can't do it. Okay, you you, you can't do it because you, you've already, you, you miss 100% of the shots that
1: you don't take. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and and so you talk about building up skills. If, if if there's someone who they're they're open to learning, but they're just they, they don't know this whole new economy thing, um, where would you recommend someone to start? What, what what are some of the the best skills if they could go out and take a course in anything? What, what would you recommend someone to to learn about first?
0: Well, look, not to to be self promoting, but my book 50 Shades of Marketing: Whip Your Business into Shape and Dominate Your Competition" highly, highly. Uh, Recommend the book. I think it's uh, it, it contains a lot of ideas, a lot of um, skills, resources that people will stand to gain regardless of their profession, and that's why I want to offer that book to your listeners. If if they visit my website narrationvisa.com, get on my mailing list, and contact me through the website. I'll give them a free copy of 50 Shades of Marketing. I'm not looking to make a quick buck. What I am looking to do mm-hmm. is to help people so they can develop those skills and become idea machines and learn about
1: value creation. And that book touches on all those themes. Well, that is awesome. And I figure any question that makes you say the name of that book again is is a totally good question because that <laughs> is one of the – I still think that's one of the best book names that I've, I've ever seen. Well, even, even you know Podcastonomics. Um, and, and uh, yeah, you've got a, a knack for naming books, which I guess makes sense because you're kind of in the, um, in the marketing, marketing world. So, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, exactly. in, in naming effectively. And yeah, I think there's a lot of books out there. It's like, meet more people in marketing. And you're like, okay, that looks like just another book. But you're going through the bookstore, you see Fifty Shades of Marketing, you're like, wait, what? What's this? Huh? <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Yep, that's a really absolutely. Really powerful so. concept. So very very well done. Um, so, is there anything any final uh, lessons or thoughts you would like to leave our audience with to guide them into the 21st century?
0: Uh, the the only other tip we talked about, you know, like ideation skills, value creation. I want to talk about two more concepts. One is focus, mm. and the other one is leverage. So, focus is is so. It's so important. It means two different things in business. Number one, it's uh, you know what you would think about focus. It's staying focused, right? But even more important to staying disciplined and focused is focusing on what matters, not focusing on things that don't matter. And I think too many business people they focus Mm -hmm. on things that don't matter. And I'll give you an example. We we had a client. We don't have the client anymore. Because they weren't very focused, but they hired us to help them bring in leads and customers for their um, therapy counseling business. And for some reason, they focused so much on their website design and their logo. (laughs) And they were focusing on the colors of their logo. and And I said, look, we're here to bring you to put money in your pocket to bring customers To you guys, to be quite frank, no one even is going to, you're just some small company, you're not Nike or McDonald's, no one's going to know what your logo is, they don't care about your logo. They want to know, can you solve their problems? And they just weren't focused, they were spending hours every day on their website, and on, like I said, logo colors, and their logo, and design work, and all this stuff. That's an example of a complete lack of focus. You want to focus on what's working. So in business, if 90% of your customers are people ordering online, don't focus on taking credit cards in your physical shop. In fact, you might even want to consider shutting down your physical retail location and just go completely online. Mm -hmm. I've seen too many business people make this mistake where they focus on things that don't matter. Um, They focus too much on things that that don't matter and that don't affect the bottom line. So that's what I mean by focus. And then leverage is the concept and the idea of building yourself, building the brand, building your business up to the point where you can dictate the terms. You can dictate the pay. You can dictate your schedule. You can dictate just everything. And once you reach leverage, then you can really scale your business and you'll, you can attain you're, you're you're on a faster track to attain financial
1: independence. Mm, yeah, that's that those are those are huge things. Um, and when we were saying leverage, my, my first thought was was people talk about leverage in terms of like not being afraid to borrow money. Um, but I love the concept of being able to leverage your your business and your presence and and your marketing as well.
0: Well, that's another term of leverage that is so important. I brought up real estate investing and mm-hmm. it's all about leverage. If you're able to leverage your business, your real estate, Uh, the rules are written so that people who are leveraged win and people who spend their own capital lose. So Mm. leverage is so important
1: to, to entrepreneurial success. That does make sense. I mean that there's a, a certain um, famous financial, uh, financial advisor guy um, who teaches, you know, debt is bad, never have debt, but I think that guy makes millions of dollars off selling his books and his radio show, and thus doesn't matter what he does his real estate because he doesn't make his profit off his real estate business. Well, I'll it. say this about that guy. <laughs> so,
0: so, yeah, well, that guy he pe- people misconstrue what he's saying. He's saying consumers' debt is bad. You know, credit card debt mm-hmm. is bad, student loan debt is bad, but that guy is leveraged to the max. When it comes to his own real estate portfolio, he's taken out a bunch of mortgages at minimum down, and he is actually all for. Uh, for he's all for debt when it comes to debt that's tax deductible, debt that uh, is used to acquire cash flow generating assets, debt that's used to acquire appreciating assets. If it has all three of them, which real estate has, then it's like debt in that case is not a liability it's actually an asset and oh, and so he and so the thing is his his students are so beginner level his students are people who are in so much debt they're not in mortgage debt they're in just life debt uh everything yeah. i mean they got nothing and so he has to distill things down he has to really dumb it down in such a way uh, that hey debt is bad get out of debt but if you're a sophisticated business person who doesn't have any debt like you or me Mm -hmm. then his course will actually say hey you know debt is good debt is your best friend but if it's more it it, only if it's like mortgage debt or any other type of debt that's those three things that's tax deductible cash flow generating and appreciating
1: yeah the the good debt versus bad debt that's interesting yeah because on his radio show it's just like debt bad debt bad debt bad um but i've never actually taken his courses so
0: I've never taken his courses either, but I have looked because he's so popular mm-hmm. that people have asked me questions about him, and clients of ours have been asked questions. So I said, let me just look into this some more, because he's a really bright guy, sharp guy, um, and so he's not, he, he's developed, he's a marketer, you got to remember, he's a marketer, yep. he's got, you, you said he's got a podcast, he's got a radio mm-hmm. show, he's got books and courses and speaking gigs. And I mean, he mints money. He he does very well. So he has yep. to stick to that brand. And, but if you just dig deeper and you get to know the guy and
1: he he's, he's no idiot. Let's put it that way. oh Yeah. No, that, that, that's <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah. Cause, cause I, I, it took me a while to unlearn what I learned from listening to his show, which was debt bad. Okay. So I need to, I need to save up enough to invest in real estate in cash, uh, and, you know, over the last few months, like, wait a minute, that can't be how it works. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Um, so yeah, well, I'll also say this: elaborate.
0: it 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 is, it is. Um, you said unlearn, and I, I think it's a good thing to learn that debt is bad. When that's how I grew up, and it wasn't until my late twenties. When I learned, hey, there's such thing as good debt, and I learned about it. But I think a lot mm. of the problems with debt, uh, when the pandemic hit, initially they, it was estimated, and it ended up happening, where over 80% of the country ran out of money, and they needed a stimulus check, you know, with a $1,200 stimulus check in order to to pay their rent or pay their their bills. And I, I think if more people grew up f- f- learning about debt and understanding, hey, you know, debt is bad, and then when they're in their late twenties understand that, Hey, you know, there actually is good debt. Then the entire country would be in a much better financial position. Right. But uh, I grew up culturally and and actually in some religions like Islam. Uh, I'm not, I'm not Muslim, but um, debt is actually the enemy. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's in the, you know, it's, it's in the, the holy books don't take out debt. And, and, and culturally, for me, people have always said, oh, you know, debt is bad. Pay cash. If you can't afford the house, if you don't have cash for it, then don't live in the house. If you can't afford the car in cash, and don't pay for the car. Just save up. And once you do have that money, then, then buy it. It's a good concept to learn. But once you start also learning about business and opportunity cost of capital and weighted average cost of capital then then you're like, oh, then you start to understand, hey, debt can actually be a, a, a good thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, usually, well, uh, charging loans at interest um, is also against certain other niche religions that some people may f- be familiar with, like Christianity. Yeah. which nope, you're up. You're uh, right. yeah. Well, one of my hobbies is studying history, and back in the Middle Ages, they couldn't, you know, the merchants couldn't charge interest so they created complex arrangements where it it uh, translated through six different currencies, and when it came back at the other end, it was higher. But it wasn't interest; it was just currency rates. Um, and so that that you know obeyed the the letter of the law. And eventually, of course, they got rid of they stopped enforcing that. But it used to be uh, charging interest was illegal because it was against the Bible. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they changed the Bible, uh, but <laughs> it's it's interesting to realize yeah there's some stuff that's still in there. But, yep. um, but yeah, you know, you're totally right that, 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 you know, leverage properly. And, and I, I totally agree that if people, if they learned that all debt was bad from the beginning and then later got the advanced lesson that, okay, some debt is good. Um, they'd be in a lot less trouble than when they get $200,000 in student loan debt or $50,000 in credit card debt and then discover it's bad. Yep. Completely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's. That's some great stuff there. So I appreciate you sharing so much. And uh, so your website is NareshVisa, that's N A R E S H V I S S A dot com, where people can go and get a digital copy of your book, 50 Shades of Marketing, which is very generous of you. Thank you for doing that. So thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it.
0: It's been a pleasure. And I uh, look forward to maybe talking again in the future.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Bye. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to, to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect, -connect jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.